0: Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work.
1: The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista,
0: the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com.
1: In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business. Ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design.
0: Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So I have been casually following Meg and absolutely dying over all of her design work for the longest time now and if you guys are not familiar with her meg does a ton of things just like us she has her own design studio a food blog she actually founded square design guild which is so cool it's a membership group for designers who use the squarespace platform Like that's amazing. And then there's also this thing called square foodie, which I just learned about like a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is doing everything. (laughs) She makes us look less crazy.
1: (laughs) Like at least there's someone on our level.
0: So we talk a lot about WordPress on this podcast. You guys know that. So we thought it was finally time to get someone on here who can talk a little bit more about the Squarespace platform. Also, we know that we have a lot of new designers listening in each week. So we wanted to chat with Meg just about figuring out what your process and methods should look like because... As a designer myself, I know it took me a while to kind of nail that stuff down. So we are so thrilled to have you on today, Meg. Hi, I'm
2: really excited to be here and excited to talk to people as crazy as I am. i passionate about design projects and like, you know, doing as many things as possible without going crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Or maybe just
2: like a little preview. Just a
1: little crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So why don't you tell us about yourself, like how you got started with your design business, how you got to where you are today, and how all these awesome things have kind of started popping up along the way. Yeah, so
2: um, I am originally a print graphic designer. So I went to um, uh, college for um, architecture, decided to quit, and went to... Des- like straight out of college into my MFA, um, at SCAD and did almost zero web design. Um, I was really focused on print design and I thought that that was where I wanted my career to focus. Um, just because, um, the idea of branding, the idea of print was so familiar to me, um, and whatnot. And, um, and then I actually started working in the industry and I, um, the first job I had was working for a photographer. So, um, it was print and digital, but mostly um, creating custom um, designs for our client, for her clients. So it was working one-on-one, like um, as my first sort of clients, as her clients. Um, you know, invitations, birth announcements, and whatnot. So I really got a sense of like the client interaction and how that works digitally through that process. And it was like a like such an incredible type of job to have like starting out because like it was a like dip your toe into how to work with clients digitally type of job, and then I thought, well, what what can I do from here? What more can I design print wise? And I went into an in-house job, and um, you know, it wasn't that the job or what I was producing wasn't for me. It was the sort of um, where. how how are you creative in an in-house job? It's just, it sort of is like a, uh, what can you produce is sometimes only a seasonal thing um, and not necessarily a, um, you know, day to day, uh, being creative on your toes, working on different projects kind of thing. So um, I thought to myself, what can I do? And I wasn't really sure, but I knew that staying in that job wasn't for me. Um, So I sort of uh, took a Um, an office job someplace else where my creative focus could be at home at at night every single night. And So for two years um, I started my design business mostly starting in print and then realizing that you can't have a brand these days without a website. Um, And I was working with um, a couple of different people who needed WordPress websites, and I had a hard, the hardest time starting off in the industry finding a developer that would work with me since I had no experience um, besides myself developing things. I really needed a like really experienced person um, for a couple of projects, and um, I. Um, the first person uh, said, you know, I mean, in six months we can take you on, and the second person was four times the budget of my client. It, they had a pretty big budget, <laughs> um, and um, and so I started to ask myself, like, what can I do to make like like this actually feasible for myself and for my clients? And um, and I started to sort of think about Squarespace as less of a um, place to drag and drop your portfolio and more of a place where I could create something more. Um, And I really um, took a chance with a client that I knew well, personally. um, And that went well, thank goodness. (laughs) i learned a lot from that, um, and then went into it from there. Um, But it was really me, like, um, struggling to figure out like what worked. um, And I tried multiple different things. And then finally realized that, you know, I could take all of the print things I knew and sort of apply them to Squarespace in a way that you can't necessarily um, in uh, some other platforms. Um, It's a little bit more like, let me try this out and just try it today in web and like see what happens. And that like that plus the timeline and budget for clients was the reason why Squarespace and I became friends.
1: I can see it. And oh my gosh. I actually went on your website for the first time today. I'm a total WordPress person, so I've never found my way over there. But I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And I was going through your templates and my mind is like just blown. So it was definitely a good choice for you. You've like figured out how to make it your own when most people look at it as a template, a place for templates.
2: Yeah, I think it's. It's a hard place to sort of like take yourself outside mm-hmm. of the template if if that's how it's sold right if you're selling it as a template mm-hmm. you know choose a template then start from there it's hard to sort of see it as something that's that's beyond that um, and you really have to get to know the back end so well that there is no template in sight. it's just features that you're using oh, yeah. um, as like a structure um, and like until you, like there's really that like understanding of everything it, it's really just a hurdle mm-hmm. you have to get over um, but I think that once you get there, it's very similar to um, working in something like WordPress. Like, uh, you know, I compare it to when people ask me, I compare it to DV the most. I think it's more similar to that than it is to show it or to other features just because, Um, there's a sense of like building blocks and whatnot in terms of how you put things together Uh, and then writing over, you know, CSS, things like that, um, that is more similar to that than other, other like Wix or other like sort of DIY platforms.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you, like Chris has said, you have definitely made it work for you. And we have a couple more questions about Squarespace coming up later but um since we are talking to you about kind of figuring out your process with clients it kind of only seems fitting to start by asking what did your process look like when you worked with your very first client
2: So my this is sort of funny because my first client um, actually looks it looks more similar to what my process looks like now. But it was the second client that was like probably the one that I um, you know, not um, messed up, but like tried to come back and like create my own. and I've slowly come back to a process that actually looks a lot more similar to a traditional uh, you know custom WordPress development process than it does look like. Um, a sort of um, DIY process. Um, the first client I did, I did did it the way I knew how to do, the way I was taught in grad school. And I, you know, gave them a PSD that in JPEG form and we discussed it. And then I had to figure out how to make that look like that in Squarespace. So let's just say I lost money on that, that project um, in terms of um, hours put into it. Um, but um, and, I, and I learned my lesson. I knew I wasn't quite ready to go that far, but it the process did work showing, you know, a client, a um, like a you know something that is um, that is done is something that's really great. Um, so the the thing I started to do after that is something that I think that a lot of Squarespace designers do, and that I try and teach people not to do as much um, is that do you just start in Squarespace? And I think that that was really what I um, caught myself in as well um, was that starting in a platform. Um, And just trying to make the platform look like that without a plan was the wrong thing to do. Um, And, you know, I tried a couple different versions of that of that process. And I think that like none of the sites came out bad in the end, but there was a lot of sort of like workarounds and edits and things like that that had to be done to get to the end of the line. that was, you know, I did a lot of different tests. Um, I've done things like in Squarespace wireframing, which I think works really well well for clients um, who are new to the platform. So um, I, I've done a process with that. So that what that looks like is basically creating a wireframe, uh, but making it actually within the platform. So like drag and drop your gray boxes directly into Squarespace, mm-hmm. um, put in all your you know all your text and whatnot, your fake text. Um, and show them that. And at least then there's like that clickable piece to a wireframe for, especially since most people coming to Squarespace are so new to web in general, that ability for them to like click on the navigation um, was like (laughs) so important for them to understand what they were looking at. (laughs) They were like, I don't know this gray box thing is that you're showing (laughs) me. And then from there, um, I sort of, knew that my sort of skills in terms of mostly mostly CSS um, had sort of grown, um, I was able to sort of create, go back to the original um, design sort of process that um, I'd started with that first client um, and I knew I had the skills to actually do it the right way this time. So now my process actually looks like, um, I, you know, I do a site map, um, a pretty detailed site map um, for web and then we go into We go into the full designed mockup pages, so I do three main pages, um, and three was like a good number for us. Um, You know, not trying to like design, you know, your disclaimer page, but you know, not designing, um, you know, just one either. Um, And the so what we we will do is like I'll do I do Illustrator for my mockups because I don't have to be in Photoshop or anything for another person being involved um, and um, so they get a PDF and a video um, presentation and
1: nice.
2: um, you know for me video was a huge game changer uh, in my process as well learning to take my skills and um, not necessarily present them written only, not just present mm-hmm. them visually only but then also taking them and adding in the audio so that way I get like, the full spectrum of like how to like in, engage with your client, um, as well as the ability for me to delete the presentation and start over. <laughs> so uh, um, instead of doing it live with a client, um, so I sort of like took what I needed out of that process um, and made it work for me uh, personally. Um, and and so that's sort of the one thing is I I took what what my skills were able to do at the time. And made it work in a way that my clients were able to understand it. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. I love that you do the video presentation. That's something that Corey and I like mention quite a bit, but we haven't gone into. So it's really like good to hear that someone else is doing it and it works as well as at least I've found it has for myself. So that's great to hear.
2: Yeah, I think clients love it. Like they like for them, for it's so overwhelming to sort of all of a sudden get this thing. Um, that you know they're not sure how to how to interpret it, um, and I hear so often like how did you find like the guts to do the presentation? And I was like oh my gosh that's nothing. Can you imagine doing it live? I'd be like a sweaty drip- dripping pool of sweat. Oh. <laughs> like so for me oh, like this no. is like a, a really good happy medium. Um, so yeah I, I find it that way they can also look back on the presentation as well. Um, it doesn't have to be just watched once and You know, business partners can watch at different times, and all of that sort of stuff gets dealt with all in one sort of fell swoop.
1: Yeah. How long did it take you to, like, figure out this process that works well, or do you still find yourself Uh kind of making tweaks?
2: I still make tweaks, but it's mostly like um, how to um, communicate a process with different types of clients. Um, So different types of clients, you know, as you know, there's, you can, you can work with somebody who used, who was an art director, who's worked with web designers before, or you can work with someone who has a startup um, and has never had, barely had a Facebook page before, let alone uh, worked in web. So, you know, it's sort of tweaking it in terms of communication and like, um, slowing down the pace or slowing, fat, you know, quicking it up for certain people um, is sort of where it gets tweaked, um, but mostly the process stays relatively similar along the way. Um, it took me a good year to really feel comfortable in my own process, um, and it took me a good six months to have the guts to do it that way. Uh, You know, and not do it the way that I was, you know, someone told me to do it, but to do it the way that I thought would be best for me presenting it to clients, like through a mock-up, instead of saying, let me show you a wireframe, this is what I was taught to do. For me, that wasn't being communicated, so I like completely ditched it all together because it was a process that became a uh, difficult situation um, in terms of um, having the clients get something out of it. Um, I was getting something out of it. I was getting this reassurance that our layout was going to be like X, but um, they thought it was just gibberish on a page. If they can't get into it, it took too much time. So I tossed it. (laughs) So, um, but it took me a while to have the guts to say, this doesn't work for me and for my clients and and just say no and and do it a different way. Um, But that was sort of the key was saying like, this isn't my process. Like this you know, and, like, knowing what worked for, for me and my design. Um, and I think that's just, like, um, not necessarily, like, um, like experience. It's more, like, um, confidence with um, how you know how to communicate with people and, and, and how to communicate your designs. I think that's different for everybody.
0: Yeah, I definitely think when it comes down to figuring out your process and then, like, just following it it's like you said it definitely comes down to confidence because it's one thing to know okay this is how everyone else does things but I mean you're not necessarily confident copying what someone else does like what they told you how to do if you don't understand why they do those things and then I feel like your whole entire design suffers and just the client experience suffers too.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's just like one of those things like you might have to try what somebody else is doing to find out if it even works. And so to sort of like say to yourself, um, today, I'm going to try this different process with this client. And I have the confidence to say, if it doesn't work out, we can try a different way. Uh, I think that's like the hardest part of like learning a process and like figuring out how to make the experience not only good for you, but it has to be good for like the end results and for the client experience. Like it has to be um, an overall thing, and sometimes that involves you doing something you don't like doing, um, but you have to make that thing. Then communicate if you are not very good at it. So for me, pre- presentation live was is really hard. Um, to a client, I'll just like start talking to them about something else completely, and we'll never get to the actual. About them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, will then sit down and write my outline and and give them you know those key points across the page, but. I had to sort of find a way that that worked with my brain process and giving them what they needed, which was a full presentation.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And it actually brings me to our next question, which is, you know, we were talking about learning and picking up ideas from other people. So did you do that when you were kind of experimenting and figuring out what Work best for you and your clients? Like, did you just think of things randomly? Or did you see tips from other designers? Like, how did you kind of bring all of that together?
2: Um, Well, I think that the first thing I did for that first client when I sort of went out there and was like, I'm gonna do this. um, I I made up a lot of it um, as I went. uh, But I also tried to sort of interpret what worked really well for for years and years, like what has worked well in the industry in general, and how does that like transpire into a platform that is different? Um, And, you know, isn't, you know, know, sometimes what, you know, you send if, let's say we were sending a file over to a developer, if that, you know, that doesn't always exactly look exactly the same in something like Squarespace when um, there's just these, you have to know that every single block has 17 pixels around it as it's padding. Yes, it's editable, but you've got to know how to edit that. That sort of type of thing sort of can be difficult to figure out. How does that work with other people's process? So a lot of it was made up. And a lot of it I took from grad school process. Um, So uh, in grad school um, at SCAD, um, it was like uh, we had to create these crazy process books with every single um, project in class that we did, they were usually about seventy pages of work. Oh um, my god! So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was like you had to explain like every single font choice and like the historical reason behind everything. Um, oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So like if you chose one that like wasn't exactly perfect, like they'd be like, oh god. So um, uh, learning to sort of take the idea of thinking through the process and like showing it. I think that was one of the things i took from from that and clients really um want to see your thought process that's why they're hiring a designer versus buying a diy kit um Mm -hmm. they like that story behind things and so like figuring out the process that helped them be involved with how their story transpired was something that i like saw as a thread that needed to be brought through so there's a lot more sort of of their story reasoning in terms of their process, documents on the branding side, and on the web side, it becomes more of like how to like then let those branding pieces sort of transpire, um, and yeah, so it was it was a lot of it was just trial and error, but a lot of it was um, taking things that people have taught for years and years and figuring out a way for it to work in this platform specifically, um, and that's why I went back to a um, sort of mock-up mockup in the beginning because a lot of people were coming from working with a WordPress designer. Um, If they had looked up anything about the web design process, they probably would have seen something that looked like that in general. Um, And keeping that similar over um, platforms, I think, is something that keeps our industry sort of um, in a good place um, versus like having like experiences from one to another. Like, we're not different, we're pretty similar. It's just sort of where in the back end, like, these things are getting applied. Um, the concepts are the same, you know, how you design, where you design, what colors, you know, how layout works, all those things are exactly the same. Um, but it's all just like how it gets implemented that's different. Um, and then the other reason why I, I went back to something that I'd seen before and like know that it's a tried and tested sort of process um, was because we don't know where our process and where our industry is going to go. So having that sort of making sure that like we're, you know, if, if Squarespace goes down as a flaming ship, I have the backing of knowing <laughs> that I can do a great mock-up and send it to a developer if I needed to. Um, so yeah, that's another reason for like keeping with that process. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, um, but you know, it's something to sort of think about, and it allows me to work in other platforms if I need to. Um, I am doing a Shopify site, and we're doing a, um, and I'm doing a WordPress site this fall. I just don't advertise it.
1: <laughs> something you said that I love and kind of want to go back to is that. Um, how important you found it to let your clients see your process and how their story is kind of being made into what you are creating. Because I'm thinking of back to when I got my website designed. And I love how my website turned out. Like, I don't want to change it. There's pink everywhere. I'm happy. But like, (laughs) my process with my designer was I basically gave her what I needed and waited four weeks and didn't hear from her. And then there was my website, you know, and I'm just thinking of how much more it would have all meant to me. And how much, how much happier I would have ended up being able to see the process and how everything fits together and how, you know, things I said to her and my goals, like, would have tied into that. So I think it's amazing that that's a part of your process and, like, you realize that and that part of it matters to you. I think that really stands out.
2: And I think that's probably because I've worked with other... Uh, I think I've been on the other end of it before as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to... When I was in-house, we redid the entire uh, giant... Uh, website for our the fashion brand that I was working for and trying to communicate things to other designers is extremely difficult and then getting feedback and I, I sort of experienced that in a way that I didn't expect to um, I, I wasn't even a, the web designer on the team I was the print designer and um, but we had to sort of like work together to figure out how to communicate things um, and sort of seeing um, it from a completely different, perspective um, sort of helped me realize like this is uh, this is like their baby that they're working on it's like their life and um, usually I find when a client's frustrated, it's because um, they're nervous or mm-hmm. they're um, scared or they're uh, not sure if they made the investment in the right place. Um, maybe they should have gotten a coach, or maybe they, they haven't seen the final product. So showing them more of the final product up front and showing them that like there's more. they're like there's something coming that's gonna be really great in the end. It's like, uh just a reassuring thing that like the person is not taking your money and running and hiding on the other <laughs> side of a computer somewhere yeah. <laughs> so um i still like disappear for two weeks um but they've already seen a mock-up and approved it and they mm-hmm. know their website is something that you know is going to really transpire um as something they really love um so In that respect, that's one of the other reasons why I went towards that process was because it really shows them much sooner in the process, like, what they're going to get out of the entire thing altogether um, versus that scary, like, hopefully it
1: looks good in six weeks from now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. I think that's what most people get to, I think that's what most people feel going into a
0: project, too. So I, I love that. And I guess I'm curious if you, I'll go ahead, Corey. Well, I was just going to say I think I think building in their personal story and their brand story is something that I get ranty about because I feel like a <laughs> lot of people on the internet have gotten so far away from our Our personal story is part of our brand as well, and that helps us be just as successful as if we just created a brand for a robot, you know what I mean? So I think Mm -hmm. when you can bring those things into it too and also communicate with your client that you have, you know, you've considered all these things that they went through, not necessarily their house burned down or whatever, but their different parts of their story that got them where they were now. um, They're not even more likely to enjoy the process, but I think they're also just going to like the design so much more and they're going to stick with it longer. Because I think in, in my situation, if someone had just created like this website or brand for me and it didn't you know, matter to me whatsoever, I'm gonna be so much more likely to ditch it in like six to eight months. And this is something I've talked about on my blog in years past, but if you like take the time to really dig deep and put that into your actual design, then you are gonna be more likely to find something that lasts a lot longer than just trendy designs for six months.
2: Exactly, I think there's like, there's something so integral about like, Uh, Someone says, oh, well, I'm... Um, you know this organic um, pastel person, and yet my brand is this uh, neon in black. And I'm like, well, what's the what? Where's the separation? And where like if, if, if you're running a, a fitness studio, like go for it. Um, and you're like not there every day, but if you're the one that's like creating that that brand that's there on a daily basis, and like people come to see you teach that fitness class, then and you're organic and pastel and. That are, then then that's that's your brand they're coming to see you uh, and I, I I disagree with a lot of um, people on that and that there's a there there needs to be that connection um, for it to be mm-hmm. uh, like sort of lasting um, and that that connection to the client and like them feeling connected design wise is what makes it a good design in the long run I think there's a sort of a play you always have to do like does that actually work but I do think that like there's a you do have to be a versatile enough designer to be able to interpret what works for them and what's gonna work for their audience in one and sort of blend those two things together. Um, I think that's really important to sort of see it from their perspective, um, but then also be able to interpret it in a way that works for a business. Uh, That's I think the the key um, that people forget. Sometimes that it's not just I need a new um, blog design and I'm a fashion designer, therefore I want Bodoni. Like, this is not, not how it works. <laughs> um, like, it's just not how that those things work in terms of um, making sure that that person is connected and those, all of the content has to match, like the layout, the design, like the, like the body copy font, like all those things have to actually go together.
1: I seriously love this entire conversation. <laughs> and I, just want every, I just want to like force every designer out there to listen. <laughs> but we're gonna change gears here, here in a second. But before we do, do you have any advice for designers, whether they are brand new, or if they've been, a while, been around a while, um, that want to like refine their process with their clients this year? Do you have any tips to kind of help them get to where you feel like you've gotten with your process? For me, the biggest
2: thing that made it a difference was I thought about um, the sort of learning process. So um, I grew up with a a learning difference, so I knew a lot of these things. So um, I'm much more of a visual and kinesthetic learner, and I know how to learn in those two ways. For my clients, it might be auditory. They might be the people who are like, I want to talk to you on the phone. I want to talk to you on the phone. And I'm like, oh, the phone, what? I don't use the phone. (laughs) and and sort of learning to sort of figure out like what works best so then I offer Skype or I offer a video conference so I can see their facial reaction and whatnot um, and sort of interpret in a better way so like knowing how you learn and then knowing how to interpret how you learn to other people so most of us designers are going to be relatively visual and in that sort of um that visual sort of note, sort of most of us need to have it be in there, but it doesn't mean that that's how our clients are going to be able to interpret the data that we give them. Um, so we have to sort of make sure that, that we're sort of doing that. So don't just think about how you learn and how your process works, but how to make that uh, potentially um, a something that they can process. So um, an example of that is um, when I give out a welcome kit, um, it comes in a, um, it comes in a PDF form for those who like to print it. Cause I got lots of those. Um, and then I also have the little video that walks them through the process and, you know, the invoicing system and the, and the, um, Asana, which I use. Um, and so it sort of walks them through those things and they get a video an auditory, um, and, uh, you know, in, in that respect and then those who need to print it can can physically print it and like cross things off the list of a checklist as they go through and get that sort of kinesthetic experience that's as well
0: awesome. yeah i love that and that like takes what we have talked about welcome packets to a whole new level <laughs> that's,
1: that's an amazing <laughs> level yes that, like for some of us
2: we forget that like we're all so different in terms of the way we learn and like that's something that i just like happen to grow up knowing um, you know, and, and, and so sometimes we just forget like that, you know, those people who want to talk on the phone, want to talk on the phone because how they interpret information is almost a hundred percent auditory. Um, and so giving them that like allows you to then say, great, now we can now have a phone call. <laughs> um, if that's where on, your strength is, like find a way and find a medium that like, um, you can sort of communicate together that works together. So sometimes it's video. Um, don't be afraid of video Um, but um, yeah just finding the things that that communicate together not just your process I think that's sort of that key.
0: Yeah and I think that's a really good point because you know we have talked about in past episodes about how designers are so easily annoyed Mm -hmm. by clients who want to get on the phone or need a skype call or you know need a little extra explanation on certain things and so i think you are making a really good point that it is just as important to consider you know how our clients need to learn from us as it is how we are comfortable presenting to them
1: yeah they're not trying to be annoying
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As much as it seems like it.
1: Yeah. Usually they're they're not
2: interpreting something that we're writing in an email. Um, You you know, uh, I had this happen even just like last week, and I wrote landing page, and then I wrote cover page, and then I wrote three explanations of what that meant. Um, I gave a link to an example and a link to the Squarespace sort of tutorial version of it, and it still was uh, sort of not coming through until I explained it auditorially to them and that's when it sort of actually came in and was like understood and I you know it and still today I forget to sort of remember about that process especially like when I'm on day like um, you know the last two hours of our editing period and I'm like just say yes to the cover page um (laughs) we have like let's just launch let's do it um you know (laughs) it's it's my frustration because I'm tired but in their frustration because they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about so Sort of taking that and like, you know, remembering that they're, pro- they probably don't hate you. <laughs> they probably just don't understand what you're talking about. Um, so like, you know, they're not trying to be annoying. They, you know, as much as I'm still annoyed by it, I know that they're not, they're not attempting to be annoying. It's not their goal, so.
0: So just to go on ahead and switch gears here one thing that seriously amazes me about your work and i'm sure krista probably feels the same way is that you can create these really beautiful but so unique designs on squarespace and so i'm curious if you would be willing to talk just a little bit more about why you like squarespace so much over the other platforms that are out there
2: so um In my sort of history of work experience, um, it involved a lot of WordPress. Um, I'm not, you know, um, WordPress um, unable. I just prefer it, like the sort of ease of the back end of Squarespace. Um, So for me, a lot of that um, is the um, is the interpretation of um, for the client end. Um, And so, like, when they get in there and they say, "Oh, I can't edit that." Um, Well, I can teach someone how to how to edit a Squarespace site pretty quickly Um, But me teaching them how to edit a WordPress site if they are new to it was just um, a little overwhelming Um, I Actually did a little stint while I was working um, while I was starting my business and sort of figuring out what I wanted to do I worked for about two and a half three months um, for style me pretty as a as an editor and I can tell you that there were multiple full staff people there, as tech people, who just fixed bugs when they posted blog posts. Oh my gosh. All they did was like fix the huh. bug. Oh, um, a, a link is broken, you know, that person has to go fix it. Or like, and, you know, somebody in the directories, you know, something isn't showing up right, they had to go fix it. And they are, you know, that they have a staff of like 20 people. I mean, yes, it's like 15 blogs put together in one. Um, but uh, like half of them are tech people fixing problems and I was like gosh how am I gonna set someone up to potentially grow into that space without the understanding of like that they're gonna need somebody full-time and um, a lot of my developer friends became very successful. And so those two things together that I couldn't provide it and then my friends were super successful and my clients couldn't afford it was the sort of reason. um, And for me, it was affordability of the Squarespace platform on the client's end. It's not the like, it's not the setup or the year-to-year prices. It's the like what happens if something breaks problem. Um, that it's not the you know the oh well this one's you know if you get um, this host and you start off here like it's only going to cost you uh, x amount of dollars. That's less than Squarespace. Um, it's the um, uh, what happens if it breaks um, and. Um, enough people, hopefully you guys can't hear that thunder behind me. Um, (laughs) It's quite loud. Um, um, It is a, uh, it's sort of a figuring out timing in terms of developing and um, uh, payment in terms of what happens if something goes wrong. So for example, Squarespace was down yesterday twice um, for about five minutes a piece. Actually, I think the first one was a little longer Um, And it's usually there's just the back end that goes down, it's not the front end. So it doesn't hurt anybody's sort of like public presence, Um, it's just like us designers who get mad. Um, And um, you know, they're there and they got it uh, both times, it was fixed within an hour. Um, And that almost never happens when there's not like a full staff person to sort of fix a larger website. Um, So Mm -hmm. you know, you have to contact someone and hope they're available and then... Usually, then be like, "Oh, this is the new host password. Why don't you go in?" Um, You know, you know. Oh, I don't have access to that FTP. All those things that just um, just don't happen fast. (laughs) Um, And and that was really a lot of the, the the things that. That's why I
1: jumped on the platform to sort of begin with. But it's completely changed since I started there too. So. So, like, in addition to all of your amazing designs, your templates, your custom work, you also have the Square Design Guild, which is a community for other designers working with the platform. What inspired you to create this on top of everything you were already doing?
2: Oh, uh, when ooh, I was sitting up late at night trying to figure out the
1: platform, writing code,
2: <laughs> Dangerous. and I was like, um, you know, trying to be like, how do I fix this problem? And we would be emailing back and forth with other Squarespace designers. And I was like, this is silly. Like, why do we have to be so secretive and like, you know, like hide all these things that have nothing to do with, you know, getting a client or like, it's just about like finding um, a, a solution to a question that a client asked. Like, it's not like whether or not like you're a better designer. It's like, can this happen in Squarespace? Those are the questions. Um, Mm -hmm. And like finding out a workaround. Um, And I was like, I need people to talk to. (laughs) So I was like, I sort of, (laughs) you know, I talked about this with a friend of mine and uh, I was like, well, if it doesn't exist, if I don't find something like this that already exists, then I'm just going to create it on my own and then like create my own tribe. Um, So, you know, for a while I was like, I'm just gonna you know be the person who everybody emails for a while well that gets old real fast um and I realized that um by sort of sharing and becoming like creating a community like you are going to be able to not only just like create a, a small group of people but like elevate all of us all in one and like that like was my key because Um, not only showcasing what I can do with Squarespace, but having others be able to do those things brings our job as Squarespace designers up multiple notches. Um, and so like being able to sort of share that with other people was like the key to like sanity, working with other people on a day-to-day basis. Like, you know, does anybody know how to do this? Um, and now like, you know, 35 people join in and... It's usually someone online because there's people around the globe. So, you know, whether it's Australia or Singapore um, and there's a couple of different other countries. um, You know, I think we have a New Zealand, Irish, English, um, a couple of people from Europe, but um, not as often. Most of them are British people who are um, in Europe. and so we basically have like most time zones sort of like covered in terms of like how late you're working <laughs> at night. Um, and, and that's really the reason the reason for starting it. Um, and um, before it became like an idea that was like courses or any sort of thing in that realm, it was truly just a way to communicate with other
0: people and like find. Uh, find your tribe yeah so as you just brought Mm -hmm. up you have definitely grown this into this bigger thing with resources including just different courses i thought that was pretty neat that you had um Courses on how to do things, like courses on like actual design business stuff, and just different things like that. So, why is it important to you to now not just have the tribe, but kind of offer these other things as well to people who are basically your competition?
2: (laughs) So, I always say to like people that ask me this, including my mother, who asked me like on a weekly basis, (laughs) why are you teaching (laughs) your competitors, Meg? Because um, when it comes down to it, there are definitely enough clients for all of us. WordPress designers, Squarespace designers. Like, this is truly just the beginning of, like, people becoming, like, um, online entrepreneurs. Like, we've seen, like, a huge change over the past just even two years. Um, And, like, same with, like, online courses and online education. Like, we've, like, yes, designers are, like, we're, like, okay, maybe put pause on the course taking for a couple of minutes. Um, But, like, it's really just just sort of starting people to understand how they can grow things independently online and so like I do think that they're just enough clients for all of us period um but also like um you know being able to share a skill um is something that's really valuable whether you're getting paid for it or not um and like being a mentor is like something that I will do whether Squarespace design guild exists or not because it's just partaking in your community um our community just happens to be virtual um for this realm of our industry so
1: that's amazing i think everyone's gonna learn so much from all of this like seriously all the nuggets you dropped talking about your process (laughs) and now this too it's so amazing and i'm excited to go like play around more with a Squarespace platform because I feel a little inspired to do that. Everybody's (laughs) like, oh my gosh. But I would love to hear from you where our listeners can go to learn more about you, what you offer, and just keep up with you online.
2: Um, So my main website is uh, megsummerfield.com. Summer like the season, field, like a field. That's my middle name. Um, And um, from there, you can usually find my SSGG, which is... um, Squarespace Design Guild stuff, Um, sort of link on the top there, which is squaredesignguild.com. And then um, Square Foodie is a sort of separate sort of version of Square Design Guild that's just specifically for food bloggers um, because they have just specific needs. So we have some sort of intro stuff coming out there and just um, it's a different audience. So you need a new website. So, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> um, you know, and Those are some of my main things. Um, this summer has been bonkers crazy for business. Um, so I haven't done much food blogging lately, but that's over at Summerfield Delight. So, yeah, really fun. And um, most of the main core of things starts at Meg Summerfield and sort of goes out from there.
0: <laughs> well, we will be sure to... Share links for all of those things for people like Krista and I who are super nosy (laughs) and want to go look at all the different places you are online. (laughs) But um, again, just thank you so much for being on with us today. And I agree with Krista. People are going to learn so much from this episode. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really fun.
1: Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two
0: of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available.
1: Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.